Well, this sucks. Roll the intro. and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State Sporting News that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And welcome to one of two episodes dropping today. This one probably dropping, I don't know why I'm going to say this one's dropping first. They're going to drop at the same time. Uh, but if you're listening to this one and you would prefer brighter news and happier, more reasonable, I'm not going to say more reasonable, but happier Connor and Ace, you can skip this one. Just go straight to the weekly recap. But um, yesterday, December 6th, the day that will live on in infamy, um, a lot of things happened. Colin Klein took the Texas A&M job as offensive coordinator, and yet somehow that was the least troubling thing to transpire yesterday. Um, it The most troubling thing was... The day that I don't even think you and I feared it. I think you and I never thought that it would get to this point. But uh, Naquan Tomlin has been dismissed from the basketball team. And before we get into we're capping this episode at 30 minutes. This is 30 minutes of venting about both Colin Klein and the Naquan situation. So, Connor, what do you think just top-down thoughts about the dismissal? Um, well, it's definitely not something that I anticipated happening or unfolding so quickly, uh, at least at the time. It's not shocking in hindsight that the second there was any public pressure for there to be a move made, that something did happen. Because I think that uh, it, it maybe it's a coincidence. I it's probably not, but maybe it is that the second that people really started to kind of get at the university for the whole situation, then something happened, which it's better that something happened than to just remain in limbo for all eternity, I suppose, which I imagine is probably some of why the information got out when it did was just to get a resolution, but... The whole thing is, I think, a major black eye on the university and athletics. Uh, I I can't remember in my lifetime such a massive misstep in coordination and messaging by the university. I genuinely cannot believe the level of incompetence that's been seen at all levels of administration from uh, this whole situation because it just seems like nobody was talking to each other this entire time. And if they were, it certainly didn't come off that way. And the anger's all directed at President Linton right now. Uh, I, I think that's 
the right person for most of it. But there's, I think, plenty of blame to go around to other parties. Like, I don't think this is just a President Linton thing, although I think the final choice was just him, at least from what you can tell. Uh, but beyond that, there, I think there were significant failings at other levels of K-State as well uh, with this whole situation. And just really is disappointing just how poorly everything was handled from start to finish. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the word that I'm walking away with this most from is just disappointment. Um, especially in, I, I know you said that it, it isn't all Richard Linton, but I, I'm of the opinion that we will never know the entire story about the whole Naquan Tomlin situation. You and I will never know, and it's very unlikely that anyone outside of the administration and Naquan Tomlin and the coaches will know. That being said, I understand why people are willing to point the finger at Richard Linton. And the reason why is because it from this is public knowledge now. It's gotten out on Twitter, so we I feel comfortable at least saying it. Gene Taylor and Jerome Tang were both completely ready to let Naquan back onto the team after the diversion. The only person who seemingly was not okay with that idea was Richard Linton. And, you know, for whatever reason he has, it could be a perfectly legitimate reason. It could be a perfectly good reason. It could be a silly reason. But to me, what matters is that it's a massive overstep of his authority. I know that he's the university president and his job first and foremost is to think of the university and the university on the whole. K-State is not K-State athletics. K-State university is Kansas State University, top to bottom. That includes athletics, it includes public media perception, and it includes athletics. So yes, Richard Linton should have a say in this matter. That being said, I think that going over the athletic director's head and going over the head coach of the team's head and then having a, this may be a conspiracy theory, but I don't think it is at this point. There's no way that the statement that came out from the athletic department about Naquan Tomlin was written by Gene Taylor. I think Richard Linton was looking for the easy way out to say it and made Gene sign his name to it because I don't think that if everything we know is true which again everything we could know is wrong (laughs) it could be that everything we know is wrong like the weird Al song but there is no way that that is a statement from gene and i think richard linton sent out that statement signed off by gene taylor or made gene sign off on it so that he could cover his back and i i understand why you do it that doesn't make me hate the behavior any less. Yeah, um, I, I do agree. I really hate trotting out Gene Taylor's name, although I, I, I think it's pretty obvious Gene had nothing to do with the, uh, the statement itself. Uh, trotting out his name and hiding behind it uh, when it's pretty clear who was the, uh, the person that was ultimately behind it. I mean, if you're going to make the unpopular choice, that's one thing, but you should at the very least stand behind the choice and be able to be the one to deliver the message and 
I it was pretty disappointing display of leadership, despite it being a decision that was widely disagreed with, which is a whole separate issue. But if you're going to make the unpopular choice, you have to be the one to stand behind it. You can't delegate that. I, that, that's the only possible way to make the optics worse in that situation is to make the unpopular choice and then run away when it's time to deliver the message. That, that was one of the most shocking parts of the entire thing to me was that he didn't really stand behind the choice, at least not publicly. Um, but yeah, this whole situation is really weird. And you said this earlier, and I agree, at least right now, that it seems like we're never going to know the truth. Because, I mean, if you are on K-State Twitter, if you're on the message boards, you've seen probably like 30 different versions of the story. Everybody... And everyone and their aunt seems to have a different version of the story that they've heard from someone who knew, knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody. And I'm at the point where I genuinely don't believe anything. <laughs> like, all I know is that something happened. Uh, the one thing that's really caught my eyes a few times on Twitter, I have seen people say that one of the main reasons for the whole suspension was something that happened over the summer as opposed to the more recent incident, although that's the one that's been uh, getting the most traction, the incident at Tubby's everybody knows about. We can Don't at least, go to Tubby's, by the way. Yeah, nothing good ever happened there. <laughs> but the, we can verify something happened there. We just don't know what and likely won't ever. Um, but it's just a really weird situation all around because... You have the statement which says that there were NCAA violations that prevented him from coming back, even though the athletic director and Coach Tang were both okay with it. And now that Naquan is dismissed from the team, he'll graduate at semester, he'll enter the portal, and he already has high major basketball teams interested in taking him, which that doesn't really align with the whole NCAA violations holding him out sort of thing, unless there's just some other shoe that's not dropped yet. Because, again, nobody has the full picture here, except for a few people in Anderson Hall and a few people in Veneer and a few people in the Ice Family Basketball Center. They're, everyone on Twitter, nobody knows everything that's happened. And I'm not going to pretend to know everything that's happened. But what I can draw... Uh, or at least what I can infer and what I can put together from everything I've seen is that nothing adds up on either side of this. Clearly something happened that was bad enough to lead to this whole thing beginning in the first place. There's been a lot of talk about Linton being the only person in the administration that was preventing Tomlin. That may or may not be true. I, I'm not 100% sure if I buy that completely because that just seems super unlikely. That And also we need to consider the sources of the information for, for what we're hearing as well. Like everything coming out at the same time through the sports outlets. I think it, there, there's an obvious slant to that information. But on the flip side, what could possibly have been so bad that... Now he's in the portal and a ton of other high majors are going after him. That, that's one of the things that really is not adding up to me at all. Yeah. The, the thing that, <clears throat> that really makes me 
think about it is the not only is the violation apparently not enough to dissuade other high major transfers it wasn't bad enough for a very strong man of faith in Jerome Tang to try and turn him away and it wasn't enough to dissuade Gene Taylor from trying to get him back on the team either and I, I I've had very limited personal experience with Jerome Tang but he strikes me as someone who is very genuine I think he truly believes the values that he espouses and if it truly were that bad to where like to the degree of it's an NCAA level violation that he should not be left back on the team for I feel like Tang would be the first person to say you know he won't be on the team anymore but he didn't say that he said we are working with Naquan we are trying to love him as best we can as still a part of the team even though he can't be with the team and to me that that is the most confusing part of the entire scenario that what he did was apparently bad enough in the eyes of some being generous some administrators being very generous but it wasn't bad enough for the NCAA to say no you can't play anymore that to me is going to be the most confusing thing about this entire scenario I also want to to give credence to Jerome Tang because I think he was the only person was and is the only person who can defuse this entire situation and he did earlier today on the day of recording by breaking up the protests about uh, bringing Naquan back and then sending out a, a mini hang with Tang saying that the number one thing we, that we need to focus on is loving each other as a university and sending love to Naquan Tomlin. He was the only person that could stop this fire from burning. And I think given time, it it will but it's still, there's just so much about it that doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that's the worst part is that there's very little that could be said up to this point without knowing the entire story that would make all of the dots connect. There's nothing that anyone has said on Twitter that has connected dots A to B to C to D all the way to Z. You always get lost somewhere from like, in the range of D, <laughs> D to I, <laughs> something always gets destroyed in that line. Yeah, I think that's part of what has resulted in so much frustration from the uh, fan base on this whole thing is that at the end of the day, we have no idea what happened. And I think everybody really is wanting transparency, but we're not going to get that. I, I think we need to accept that, that we're never going to know, probably, what happened unless Naquan decides to just <laughs> let slip everything, I guess. But I, I don't expect that either. Uh, because there there's fresh, because I mean, on one hand, there's always going to be frustration when you have a great player that isn't playing. But on the other hand, it's even more frustrating when it seems like there's a lot of people that want him to play, but a few that don't want him to play. And, you know, this whole legal process that has, seemingly played out it's always more complicated than it looks on the uh the surface uh, at least i think so uh and I, I don't i say that not having any inside information just saying it 
it's always more complicated than it seems. Uh, it, it just leads to frustration on the fan base's part because nobody knows why. And we, you know, we all always want to know why this is happening, why X is happening, how come Y isn't happening. And this is going to probably forever be something that we just kind of wonder about. And maybe some random day we'll finally learn. Uh, but at least for now, it's just going to be a huge mystery until, I don't know, somebody, some in tubbies. Perpetu- no, in perpetuity. It yeah. maybe unless they release the security tape, cam That's what I was about to say. Unless some uh, tubbies worker. Whistleblower. Whistleblower, yeah. If, if somebody just comes out and leaks the, the Watergate tapes or something. <laughs> but, I mean, we're probably never going to know. And the... Because, I mean, uh, the uncomfortable truth is that the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's uncomfortable is because we would have to assign blame to somebody that we really want to support. And I, I don't say that to, you know... Fence it. Yeah. But it's just... That's almost always the truth in situations like this. Uh, especially ones shrouded in mystery. But I'm not going to speculate on, you know, what exactly happens. Because, like I said earlier, I've heard... 30 versions of the story and they all have common themes but they're all wildly different and i'm not going to sit here and talk about any of them because i genuinely don't know and i don't think i ever will know and all i know for now is that the situation is hopefully not going to fester because it seems that the staff is ready to move on i think the team's ready to move on and you KC administration definitely wants to move on. I don't know if Twitter is going to move on, but I think it's probably for the best if everybody starts to move on now because, I mean, I don't really want to. I don't know. I don't really think it's fair, but this is probably the best resolution that we're going to get, at least for now, which is really disappointing to say, but I think that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. And I guess we'll slowly transition into to this topic. Um, you mentioned it earlier that this is a, a failure at multiple levels of administration. I I try not to be alarmist. You know me. I try to be pretty calm at least the day after. If we recorded this yesterday, I... Well, you and I had a different intro. Well, I had a diff- different intro planned for yesterday. Mm-hmm. But you know that I tried to remain calm and reasonable but was failing at it. But the one thing, the one take that I don't think has changed from yesterday, from when you and I discussed this, from the time that I got out of my property final and and witnessed the Hindenburg disaster happening in Manhattan, I'm not sure that President Linton is going to... I don't mean this in the, like... life sense i i was i don't think he survives this as like the university president i think someone politely tells him that he should move on yeah i'm really curious to see what happens with that because i know that there's a like a change.org petition going around which that won't do anything it's not gonna do a damn thing it'd be funny if it did but it'd be hilarious (laughs) but i mean i've no idea what to expect on that front it's entirely possible that he will be gently nudged to take an opportunity that comes up in the near future but 
it's so interesting that we ended up with this place with Richard Linton as well, because I think really by all accounts, he was doing a fairly good job as K-State's president up until this point. We'd seen a very slight enrollment increase, which which, uh, finally put the brakes on a long enrollment slide. And he had announced uh, tons of new initiatives this just kind of came out of nowhere, I, I think. And uh, maybe maybe it will end up being that he ends up moving on. But I, I'm not really sure what to expect on that end. Uh, I think based off what we've heard, there's plenty of people that matter that are <laughs> upset enough to maybe something happens. But it's tough to say, really. Because uh, there's a lot of moving parts there. Because... It's it's just a really weird situation all around with uh, President Linton, but I don't know what to expect. Um, I I do know a lot of people online seem to be saying that you know Tang's leaving like tomorrow. I don't think that's set in stone. I think people are being a little reactionary about that, even if it is probably more likely than it was before that's because i think the chances before were like 0.00001% and now it's like 5% which is a significant increase that's an exponential growth but it's still like it, it's close enough to be a uh, um, a margin of error still <laughs> in uh, in statistics so it's uh i am not ringing alarm bells on that quite yet um but I, I do worry if he were to leave how this whole situation would play into hiring a new coach. That That's the real worry for me is not just, you know, the potential losing Tang, which I'm not ready to ring alarm bells on, but what that would say for our next coaching search or our next athletic director search or our next football search, you know, because a lot of things can happen. And, I mean, we also need to consider that uh, Kleiman – uh, his contract buyout is uh, tied to uh, um, Linton as well. If Linton leaves, his buyout goes down to zero dollars. I think. Yep. And I think this, I think Tang has a similar stipulation in his, which is now very ironic, I guess. But yeah, we're stuck in the sinking ship together. Yeah. So it's all around just a really, really weird situation. It's a it's a black eye on the university, and it's really unfortunate that this all unfolded the way that it did it's just so disappointing and depressing to just see people at every level of administration really kind of mess this up because uh, i don't know i don't know k-state deserves better than this so i don't know what else to say really yeah i i think we'll leave it before we get you know we'll we'll give we'll give ourselves five minutes to vent about the colin klein thing before the actual weekly recap episode where we're going to talk about it more reasonably but i think the best way to leave it off is you and i went to eat earlier today and you introduced a very interesting thought experiment and i think that thought experiment is the the best way to leave off with this particular topic before we move on to crying about colin klein (laughs) Uh, the thing i was considering was uh how would K-State fans look at this exact same situation with the exact same facts that we have available if everything was exactly the same except this was happening at KU? 
And I think that we would view this a lot differently than we're viewing it right now. I think that on one hand, I, I think that we would think it's weird that they're, well, I guess they have a chancellor because they're fancier than we are, but uh, the chancellor, uh, I think we think it's weird that they were involved in the whole situation, but I don't think we'd be as overboard on it. I think that uh, from the basketball side of it, I think we'd be probably feeling differently. I, especially given KU's history yeah there's scattered history i I think that we would uh look at this a little differently i think that we might see it as more justified i i think i i'm trying to think about the best way to word this because there's not as much precedent for this type of stuff for k-state really um so i'm not really sure what to think but i i was trying to like take this issue and look at it through different lenses and try and say okay well what if it was this and what if it was that and with the uh whole putting it in a different framing device like that i think i'm just trying to gain perspective on the issue and see that at the end of the day the most valuable thing that it does is show that we will move on regardless like ku's had this happen plenty of times where they dismiss a guy who seem like they're going to be high impact or they are high impact granted sometimes they don't dismiss them i think we were more punitive than ku normally is at least for uh, significant contributors but they've always managed to find a way and they'll be fine and i think we'll manage to find a way and be fine as well yeah i yeah i think just leaving it on that thought experiment is probably the best way to think of it all right now it's time to melt down about colin klein um this news broke on uh the foundation via dy uh the night before it happened um yeah that was a nightmare scenario to the day before your your, my property final you know it was terrible um Waking up, seeing that the hire had been made and that Colin Klein will be going to Texas A&M. The worst part about it has been survived. Uh, We're not losing Avery Johnson, at least in the immediate future, which, you know, good. Um, Jury's still out on a few recruits from next year, uh, or I guess this coming recruiting class. But, um, you know, it sucks losing a... Losing a K-State legend to, that was led one of the best offenses in the Big 12. And we'll talk more about the, you know, the the announced person who is publicly known and then the super secret coordinator that apparently is a hot candidate for it. But in the three minutes remaining in the Vent episode before you and I cut it off, just what it, what was your reaction to that information? <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was possible for K-State to receive a bigger gut punch than that. And it took less than 12 hours for that to be proven wrong. And the, but Colin Klein leaving after he turns down Notre Dame last season, after he may or may not have turned down Penn State uh, this offseason... 
for him to leave for A&M of all schools, I thought was really strange. Uh, I felt like that was the worst fit of the three that offered him. Uh, I don't think it was even the most money. I think Notre Dame offered him more. And uh, it's just a really weird situation. It's heartbreaking because Colin Klein is one of the all-time K-State greats. It's not closing the door on him coming back to be the head coach, I think, which with some time to reflect has made me feel a little better. But the the cards are stacked against us right now for that to happen because historically, once a prodigal son leaves K-State, they don't come back. Granted, Klein did leave before, but it was to Northern Iowa. I think we could feel pretty comfortable about him coming back in that situation. <laughs> so I'm really disappointed that Colin Klein is leaving for Texas A&M. They got a great coordinator. They finally have seemingly a good coaching staff. We'll see if they actually do anything with it. Uh, but it hurts. It really, really hurts. Yeah. It hurts a lot, and like I said, the the major disaster has been avoided. Avery Johnson will still be here, but damn, dude, it just sucks a lot. Um, in the moment, it, well, I don't even think in the moment now. Uh, it was the worst day in K State athletics since we've started the show. Uh, you told me it was the worst day since 1998. Uh, I wasn't even an egg yet. So I, I wouldn't know, but I, it sucks. And yesterday, January, January, December 6th, um, is probably the worst day of the millennia, at least so far for K-State athletics. But, uh, the sun came up the next day. Yeah. I mean, the... Golden Child is still here. Climbing is still here. Tang is still here. The Earth is still rotating. Mini cats are still good. Yeah. Yeah. Mini cats are still goaded. I can't wait to talk about them and the fun episode. But you know, we we made it through uh, one of the worst days that I can imagine for K State athletics. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother doing the full outro. Go listen to the happy episode now. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe, Alley Cats. <laughs>